I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And I speak what I have seen with my father. Notice the dependence. It's not just Jesus doing his own thing, being the, his, doing his own show. No, he was doing all those things that was, that, was, that was good with the father. He was obedient to the father, even to the point of death and the death of the cross, right? Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus would admit to the religious leaders that they are Abraham's descendants in a genetic sense, but Abraham was not their father in a spiritual sense. When messengers from heaven came to Abraham, he received them. But these genetic descendants of Abraham rejected and sought to kill the one sent from heaven. Their rejection of the word of Jesus and Jesus the word proved that they were not like Abraham and that they didn't have the freedom that comes from abiding in Jesus' word. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 8 in the Gospel of John. They probably didn't even know it at that time, but he already knew what was coming. They hadn't even hatched the plan yet, even though the desire was in their heart. But Jesus was speaking of his crucifixion. And when he said it, when the Son of Man is lifted up, I can't help but wonder if he was referring back to the Old Testament, Numbers 21. Remember when they were going through the desert and then they began to complain to God and to Moses about the food and the, and the water that they didn't have. And then finally God did give them those things. But they complained. And the, and the Lord sent fiery serpents to bite the people. And many people died because of their anger and their unbelief. And then God told Moses to take a pole and to put a brass serpent on it. And that anyone who looked at that brass serpent, when they were bitten by a serpent and ready to die, if they would just look at the serpent on the pole, the brass serpent, they would be healed. They just had to look. That sounds pretty easy. Believe me, if I get by a coral snake, I'm looking to the, the pole. I'm not going to go, I won't do it. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm going to look at it until my eyes fall out of my head. The pole was lifted, the serpent, the symbol of sin, made of bronze or brass, the the metal of judgment, and the pole, the cross. It's all typified in Christ as he hung on the cross. Being sin for us, the sin bearer on the cross for you and me, and all we have to do is look to him and we will be saved. And not only just saved physically, but saved eternally. Do you get the difference? 
They, 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 they look to the brass serpent just to be healed from, and not die. But guess what? We believe in Jesus Christ. Sure, we may physically die if the rapture doesn't take us first. But when we do die, we have everlasting life. Something that brass pole could never give us. But Jesus, we get everlasting life that will never end. I love that, don't you? Verse 29, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? Don't you have a desire to please the Lord? I mean, just to really love him and to please him and everything. Please him not only just in the things that you see and the things that you do, but please him in the things that you think. And don't get condemned and discouraged when you find your head full of filthy things in some of your most holy moments. Have you had that when you were having your devotions, you're reading the Bible. Perhaps you're in the middle of worship and something comes across your mind, some memory, some filthy thing that you remember, something that you did. Hey, listen, you're just like everybody else. But hopefully as time goes on, we won't meditate on those things. Put it out of your mind. Think on some purpose to think. Purpose to think on something else. I have to do that. When I think of something wicked like that, I purposely start thinking about something else. And I even say it out loud if I have to. And I get my thought on it. And then it fades away. Trust me. Try it. It works. (laughs) Think about something else. Think about the Lord. Think about Scripture. Start quoting a verse. And believe me, as you stumble over the verses, you're going to be like, okay, now I've got to really think about this. And all of a sudden, that thought is gone. And don't get condemned. Just confess it and move on. And love the Lord. Do those things that please him. Jesus always did those things that please him. And notice verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believed on him. And then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Abiding is such a wonderful word. We prove that we are his disciples by abiding in him. Jesus says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. And every branch that does not bear fruit, I lift up. And every branch that bears not fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. That's God's intention, is for you to bear more fruit and to be healthy. Every branch in me that bears fruit, that doesn't bear fruit, in your Bible it says he takes away, but that word takes away is a verb that means to lift up, to clean off. That's what it means. And yet many people in the church have been beaten up over this verse. And preachers have used this thing, if you don't abide in Jesus, if you're not bearing fruit, he's going to cut you off and throw you off into the fire. Right? You've got to look at the Greek. You've got to look at the original. Because the original says that he lifts it up, he cleans it off, he lets it be exposed to light where it can be dried by the sun. It speaks of a vine. It's a vine dresser. That's what he means. I've seen this in Israel. You see the, the fields full of grapes. And you'll see a muddy hole or a muddy area and the the vine dresser will come and he'll stick some rocks underneath that thing and put the vine on top of it so it doesn't lay in the water and get rotted and ultimately die with mud and parasites and all kinds of stuff on it. No, he lifts it up. Why? And this is the same verb, the same word he means here. Love that about God. But abide in him. Abide in him. Make Jesus your home and make sure that Jesus is in your home. And anything that's in your home that is not of Jesus, get rid of. Anything that keeps you from Jesus, jettison. 
Anything in your life that is drawing you apart from Jesus, jettison it. Notice verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What a wonderful thing. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. So if Jesus is the way, and the truth, and the life, if you know Jesus, you will be free. And once we come to Jesus, we are freed from the wickedness and and the shackles of sin and condemnation. What does this tell us in John 5? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from what? From death unto life. Paul in Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I love that. Do you remember the day you got saved? Are you saved? I remember the day I got saved. Everything was dramatic for me. It was like a sledgehammer. One moment I was a rotten, filthy sinner, knowing that I deserved hell. The next moment I realized I was forgiven. The weight, I felt like a gorilla had just gotten off my chest. And I knew I was born again. I knew I was destined for heaven, not because of anything I could have done. It was all about him. I just simply believed. Do you believe? Love the Lord. Verse 33, they answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never come in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. A slave to sin. Do you remember the demoniac man on the eastern side of the Galilee? Remember him? Shackled. They had to shackle him because he was possessed by many demons. And Jesus approaches him and saves this man, drives out the demons, and the man is in his right mind again. When we go to Israel, we drive right around the, Gal- right around the Galilee on the eastern shore, and you can see those tombs where that event occurred. They're still there today. Where the man was coming out of the tombs, cutting himself with rocks, screaming and yelling, and the devil bent on destroying him, and Jesus saved him. Saved him. He was a slave to sin, but no longer. And a slave does not abide in the house, but a son abides forever. We know that a slave in in the Jewish economy, they would have freedom after seven years. But the son, he would always be in the house with the father. And because he is the son, he would be the heir. And he would have the authority to release someone from their bondage, from their slavery, from their service, or whatever they were doing. Jesus, verse 37, he says, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, the Pharisees. I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus is speaking here. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And I speak what I have seen with my father. Notice the dependence. It's not just Jesus doing his own thing, being the, his, doing his own show. No, he was doing all those things that was, that, was, that was good with the father. He was obedient to the father, even to the point of death and the death of the cross, Right? He says, and what do you have? And, and, and um, excuse me, I speak what I have seen with my father. And you, you do what you have seen with your father. Now here it's going to get pretty tense. <laughs> and they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Well, what were the works of Abraham? It tells us in Genesis 15. It says that Abraham, after God giving him the Abrahamic covenant, basically from your seed, I'll I'll bless the whole world through you. And what happened in verse 6 of Genesis 15? And Abraham believed the Lord, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. He believed by faith. 
what God had said. He says that Jesus was saying to them, if you believed in Abraham, Abraham knew my day and he saw it. He says, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I have heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the seeds of your father. And then they said to him, well, we weren't born of fornication. We have one father, God. I can almost hear their tone of voice. They still didn't get it. They still thought he was born of fornication. Again, not looking into the scriptures. What did the scriptures say? Isaiah 7.14 Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. They didn't know that. Ignorant of the truth. But Jesus said to him, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Notice, John says, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God? He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Verse 43, why do you not understand my speech, Jesus says, because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires your father you want to do. Boy, this is getting really heated. And they're doing this face to face. This is not through some kind of Twitter battle. No social media here. He's looking right in their heart, looking right in their eyes. He's saying, your father, the devil, you do the works that he does. And was he qualified to make that statement? Oh, you better believe it. And can you imagine the conviction? Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) He says, you do the works of your father, the devil, and the desires your father wants you to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of it. And I'm just blown away by that. See, if you are not under Christ, if you are not in Christ, then you are under the power and the delusion of Satan. That may not sit well with you, but that is the truth. I was my own little God before I came to Christ. I didn't worship the devil, but it didn't matter. Because anything that's not God is demonic in nature. If you worship it, it's demonic. And some people just worship themselves. My own thoughts, my own feelings, what I want to do. Isn't that the sin of Satan? I will ascend above the heights of the north. I will do this. I will do that. No, you're going to be brought to hell, and you're going to be cut down like a branch. Game over, buddy. Isn't that what the Bible says in Isaiah? Not the buddy part. I mean, that's the Rob Kellogg version. RKV. Not very inspired, though. Uh, But because I tell you the truth, Jesus says, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Well, the Bible says that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. They they weren't even willing. Their hearts were closed off and they became like a raisin. They just became like a, a raisin that had been dried up. And the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 47, he who is of God hears God's words, and therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Wow. 
These men claim to be representing God. And Jesus says, you're not of God. Boy, if you want to really make a religious person angry, just tell them, you don't know God. You want to battle. (laughs) And he was able to do it. But the Bible tells us to test the spirits, doesn't it? Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they have God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And folks, we need to take heed to this scripture today because of all the nonsense and weirdness that's going out in our government and in some churches. We have to be careful. We have to listen. We have to pay attention. By this you know the Spirit of God, because every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist back then. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. The Pharisees, the scribes, they are of the world. Therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. But we are of God. We who, who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So important for us to be discerning today. We have to be discerning. A discerning of spirits, first in our own lives, and to be aware, what spirit is in operation here? Because if it's the Spirit of God, it's going to point you to Jesus Christ. If it's the Spirit of man, it's going to point to a building. It's going to point to a monument. It's going to point to a pedigree. It's going to point to a picture of a man on a wall. Ah, but the Spirit of God doesn't do that. He glorifies Jesus. That's what he is called to do. If he's really the Spirit of God, he's going to glorify Jesus, not a man. No man, but one man, Jesus Christ. So verse 48, the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Wow, you're basically calling him a half-breed and also a demon-possessed man. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. That phrase brings chills to my heart. I think that's the only place in the scripture where Jesus said, and you dishonor me. Can you imagine dishonoring Jesus? And the truth be known, I dishonor him. Sometimes, I know you do too. We deceive ourselves. That's why we need to abide in him and walk with him. And be quick to confess. And I do not seek my own glory, Jesus said. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Thanatos, the Greek word for the very act of of dying, the very act of death itself. Jesus was speaking of the second death. We heard about that in Revelation, remember? It says that death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Remember, this was at the great white throne judgment at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, the final judgment for all wicked dead who have ever died. Thanatos, death, and Hades were cast. Everyone in them, in Hades, was cast into the lake of fire, which burns forever and ever and ever. And do you think God is happy about that? He's not. The Bible says he doesn't, he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked. He doesn't. 
Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead? What do, you, what do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. Ouch. Them's his fighting words. <laughs> but I do not, but I do know him, Jesus said, and keep his word. And your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. In Hebrews it says, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, remember in Genesis chapter 21, it says, um, He's talk, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 here, he's talking about that event in Genesis 21. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, and he, had, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding then that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham saw Jesus' day and he rejoiced in it. And he saw it then when he sacrificed his son, Isaac, remember? On the altar, he was about to plunge that knife into his son's chest and the Lord provided a sacrifice for him. Jehovah Jireh, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen, prophesying that hundreds, a couple thousand years down through time, another father would have his son put to death on the cross. It was a type, a figure. Then the Jews said to him, verse 57, You are yet fifty years old, and have you, have, have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Again. And then, notice, the word is ego imi <laughs> in the Greek. And Jesus, again, proclaiming his deity. And you know why we know that? Because look at the very next verse. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. Huh. When he says, I am, those were fighting words again. And Jesus was able to escape out of their hand because his time had not yet come. Jesus, the light of the world. Are you walking in that light of Christ? Do you have the Spirit of God indwelling you, illuminating your path? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Love that. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And we will have fellowship with one another. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you Lord, that you're still working, and Lord, that you're still doing these things in our lives. And Lord, that you haven't given up on us. Lord, continue to illuminate our path in front of us, and be that lamp unto our feet, and that light unto our path, Lord God. And may we follow you with all of our heart. And Lord, help us to come to you often, and receive the forgiveness of sin, and to be restored back to you, which is what you desired all along, to be reconciled, us, reconciled back to you. And so, Lord, what can we say to these things other than thank you? 
We praise you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.